TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the TalkZone.com. It is two guys and a mic. Brian Bauer sitting in with the coach today. That would be me. It's a midweek Wednesday. It feels like a Tuesday, but it's a Wednesday because we had Monday off. And, Brian, if you don't understand any of that, you can just ask Jeff Saturday, the fine center for the Indianapolis Colts. I love a Jeff Saturday <laughs> on a Sunday. He plays on Sunday. Well, sometimes he plays on Saturday in the playoffs. Yeah, but he had Monday off, Who's too, because the Colts took Martin Luther King off. So Saturday was off on Monday, but he'll play on Sunday. Yes, that's the kind of fascinating sports talk we offer you here on thetalkzone.com. 888-463-6748. We are interactive with our fine listeners. You can also email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Double B, you, my friend, are on camera. We are now webcasting here in the talkzone.com. Now, see, you and I have done shows before dating back, what, about eight years now? Eight, nine, I'm trying to think. Seems like a lot longer than that. And the great thing about radio always is you don't have to worry about appearances and you yes. can do whatever you want to do. Now things have changed. Yep. I actually had to take a shower before coming in today. That already yeah. threw me off well, my it's, daily it's, routine. It's, it's not scratch and sniff internet sports. Talk. It doesn't it's matter. Broadcast. You can tell the difference. Okay. I, you know, so I, I feel a little, I had to dress up kind uh-huh. of within reason. I mean, so uh-huh. the whole thing's a little bit different. Yeah. 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 The first day it threw me off. I'm starting to get used to it, but uh, there we are, right smack in the camera. I think the camera's over there. Soon we're going to have like three or four cameras here. That's even more creepy. It is. It's the a, fact it's a that we're going to get angles of me trying to pick my nose yeah. and not be seen. That's, yeah. that's not a good thing. You know, now, now that you mentioned the creepy part, I don't know, general manager Chris Whitting, the, yeah. uh, the commander-in-chief here, the guy who runs everything, you know, may, it could just be a cover-up for some, uh, you know, sick and sordid dark, deep secret he has. Maybe, so you're saying you know, he could care less about our shows being on air, about being webcasted. I'm beginning to think that it, could be the case. It's more just a, a TV he's got in his room over there in the office he at the might, end of the hallway. He might be sitting and uh, spying us at all times, you know, taking tapes, you know, right. 2 o'clock in the morning. Sure. Can't go to sleep, watch tapes of uh, Bauer and the coach. That show will put you to sleep. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, lots to talk about. Of course, football is... Uh, Right there for you, great weekend, Final Four, NFL, Pro Football Championship Games, AFC and NFC. But uh, I thought also this, uh, and, and today, Brian, since it is Wednesday, we don't want to get too overly excited. Okay. We'd bring up some of the other sports action that maybe has got lost in the shuffle, a one-hour show. It's hard to get to everything. Well, we don't even have a shuffle with a one-hour show. It's yeah. like you barely get through the first deal. It's done. Mm-hmm. All right, time's over. Yeah. So what are we thinking? We're talking about a little bit of Olympic hockey? Well, you know, yeah, the other sports that are out there. Certainly the, uh, well, not just hockey. Uh, the Winter really Olympics. Care. Well, curling, too. Huh? Uh, we'll get deep into the curling, curling USA team. Underrated sport. Hans Gruber huh? of the American team. I'm worried about the U.S. Uh, medal chances in curling. I'm right. a little concerned about the Nova Scotia team. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know Nova Scotia had a team. Oh, it's big in Nova Scotia. Is it? Oh, yeah. I, I like the biathlon. The guy, the, the concept of guys cross-country skiing, <laughs> and getting sh- the heart pumping as hard as it could possibly going, uh-huh. and then having to snipe. They, yeah. they pull the rifles out and they try to snipe. Like, when did this become a sport? Yeah. Who invented that sport? Exactly. 
I mean, in Australia, do they have cross-country, like, running, and then you take the boomerang and you try to shoot down something? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, where did this come up as a concept? I yeah. like the idea. So. Maybe we should uh, promote it or uh, suggest it to our local state uh, high school organization, new track and field event. You know, the 1,600 meter, those long-distance runs. Right. can be a little boring. So maybe you get agree. more kids out for high school track if you had the 1,600 meter run and shoot. A little BB rifle attached yeah. to the back. Well, you know, Halfway the, through at the 800 meter mark, you can take a pot shot at someone I think for in the, the inner city school, you go luging oh, with a drive-by. I think that's not a bad idea. You go bobsled yeah. going downhill full speed with a little drive-by target shooting. You know what? I, you know what? Reading, reading the Chicago <laughs> local papers, I almost... Almost can't find the humor in that because it's, it's so close to the truth. Well, it, we don't have that as much as it's been reported lately. Yeah. Yeah, I, in all honesty, it's pockets of the city in Chicago. I know you nationwide know it's a little bit more yeah, of an epidemic. It, it, it but. doesn't matter. One, one is one too many when someone innocently sitting on their porch or inside a house and some car comes by and fires guns into the house. Oh, wrong house. Sorry. We were talking about Olympic somebody sports. Else. Sorry about that. You're taking it a little too sensitive. Well, Honestly, we're yeah, talking about I, Olympic I, sports. It, we're not it, going to the, it, going to I, that level. It, it hit on a sensitive note. All I right. apologize. Uh, but the luge. You want to hug it up, out? They got a camera. Huh? We can hug it out right the now. The luge and shoot. You know, if we could skip the shoot. The luge is now. That's another one. Right. Uh, a. Who invented the luge? Right. Was it uh, you know uh, Sir Lancelot? Sir Lance Luge, a great French poet, or I'm not sure who invented it. Man who just liked to lay on a sled and go downhill (laughs) full speed. Like the feel of steel beneath his keister. Uh Ice flying by him at top speeds, yes. (laughs) It's good times, eh? It sounds like a Canadian could have done it, eh? Yeah, possible. I I like that one. The bobsled has always been interested in putting four guys in a metal tube. Yep. And going full speed. Yep. Cramped. And and the, the big thing is, honestly, if you're the three guys before the guy in front, Mm-hmm. You pretty much got to listen to whatever he says. He says turn left, you got to lean left. Mm-hmm. You, you don't even know if he's really right. You just got to do whatever he says. I'm not familiar with bobsled strategy. The guy in the back is directing traffic? No, no, no. The guy in the front, the front. has the actual controls. Oh. The guys in the back are just pushers. So they're basically dead weight. Right. So you run as fast as you can. You push as much as you can. Okay. And then you just then, go for the then ride. You, you know, get in and kiss your keister goodbye. That's not bad. No, it's a, it's an interesting sport. That sounds like an Olympic event I could possibly try out for. I I don't know if you have the physical abilities to push. Do I you? Can pu- push. You got to have speed. You got to have ability. Push. Good leg strength to drive, and then you got to leap in. And curl up. Sixteen years and uh, three months ago, when my firstborn was uh, came about, my fine son Kevin, I would have been perfect for the bobsled. Really? Push, push. First pregnancy was a little rough. And your wife's in the back going, "You son of a, you did this to me." <laughs> no, she was staring at the time. Really? She was the girl in front. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we could talk some Winter Olympics. Uh, Vancouver, very, very exciting. I remember I was in. Vancouver a couple of years ago for the Maccabi Games coaching, and they were building. They were just beginning the preps and the building of the winter. Um, and for those Olympic who don't venues. know what Maccabi Games are, they are uh, sort of like the in the summer Olympic Games for the uh, Jewish contingent. Do you, you not ha- have a winter Maccabi game? Uh, they do not. Really? <laughs> Jewish skiing. They tried to run it. <laughs> I think it was held out in Colorado. Two people showed up. Right. Yeah, and one was not Jewish. So no biathlons, no cross-country no. ski no. shooting for the yeah. Jewish children. Some guy named Friedman showed up, walked away with like 38 medals. <laughs> not he a won bad everything. deal for Friedman. It was Friedman. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 888-463-6748. So the Olympics, one of the topics we haven't uh, got to very often. There's a big tennis tournament going on. I'm not sure if you're a tennis guy or not, Brian, but the Australian Open. I have become a tennis guy okay. in an odd and roundabout manner. I, I found myself 
attracted to a couple of the female tennis players. Okay. So I started watching just the female side. Because mm-hmm. I thought, because, and here's the thing. Females only play like three sets. You know, so you play three games and you're done. Men play five, best yes. of five. So really the women's game is a much faster, if you're getting into it, a much faster and easier game to follow at first. Yes, however, the points in the men's game are yeah. quicker. Well, and because that's part, it's a power game. That's part of the problem, too. I, I don't like, okay, I served, there's a point. I served, yeah. there's a point. Yeah. Uh, to me, I, I like the actual ebb and flow of the actual going back and forth. Yeah. And the fact that some female tennis players go, ah, doesn't hurt at all. Uh, so all right. I've gotten into it from the female aspect. Now I can respect what some of the men's game is. I mean, to see these all guys right. serving at 140-some-odd miles an hour is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So in case uh, Brian's wife is listening to the program, if I can translate. Yes. Brian's uh, interest in the female tennis game it is not the attractiveness of the players, but it is, A, the uh, fact that it's three sets and you can watch in a reasonable amount of time, and, B, it's the strategy involved in the long volleys. That is why you enjoy the game, in case your wife is listening. Yeah, the problem is she's probably seeing the videotape of me shaking my head throughout that whole speech. But, yes, yes, that is why okay. I watch. That's your story and you're sticking to sticking it. Sticking to huh? it for now. Yeah, all right. Well, they've hit her uh, second, third round of the Australian Open. The land down under Andy Roddick. Advances to round three, Roger Federer. I think Serena Williams. Federer had a little, little bit of a, a little bit of a push though. Lost the first set. Lost the first two. Push! First one. Almost lost a third one as well. <laughs> so there, I mean, he was one that you thought, okay, that could have been an early, uh, mm-hmm. early elimination. Mm-hmm. Sharapova got knocked out in the first round, which mm-hmm. is kind of nice. Yep. Unfortunately, you like to see her a little bit farther, but honestly, Elena uh, Dimensionova and what Kutsinova's first name? It doesn't really matter. They both advance. Yeah, I'm guessing it's like an Elena, whatever. As long usually as Dimensioneva and Kutsinova are in it, I'm still watching the Australian Open. By the way, it's so weird to see uh, the Australian Open if you're in the Midwest like we are today in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see them sweating profusely, and it's so hot, and everybody's dying. In the meantime, I look out my window, and it's a, a beautiful 37 degree day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very strange yeah. to watch. I haven't been. Everybody I've talked to, not that it's been many. But the few people that I know that have visited Australia, yeah, nothing but rave reviews. Yeah, I've got a sister-in-law. My cousin actually just came back. Yeah, said unbelievable country, and the people are extremely friendly. Mm-hmm. And just when you walk down the ocean side, it's something to behold. Yeah, and yeah. beautiful, beautiful beaches. If we have any listeners out there uh, via the internet, as you know, Brian, we are uh, delving into seven different continents via this internet show, and also parts of Wyoming and a little bit of northern Utah as well. So there could be an Aussie right now listening in. I'm hoping a plural. Yeah. A couple of Aussies. Aussie, well, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Aussie in a different I'm, language means something completely different. So anyway, but yes, I'm hoping a couple of Aussies yeah, call in. Sitting on the beach with their laptop computer. You think so? Enjoying the sun, watching the passing by, while, you know, listening to the waves, and maybe... Maybe catching the talkzone.com show. What time is What's it in Australia? I, I right? think it's a 12 hour difference. So if they're sitting by the beach at 10, 10 yeah, at night, yeah, you know, it's, it could be something. Yeah, you're probably right. If they're at the beach at 10, 10 at night, I guarantee they are listening they, to our show. It's not our dulcet tones that are getting them in the mood. I don't think so. 888-463-6748. If you're from Australia or God forbid you're from the United States and you want to give us a call, talks and sports. We're right here for you. Brian Bauer and the coach talkzone.com. It's two. Guys and a mic, and again, you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. That's M-I-C and the number two. Also, Brian, we got college basketball out there, some big games last night. Classic, classic game in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Georgia Tech knocking off Clemson. Both those teams, by the way, are very much challenging the old Duke, North Carolina, old boys school. 
That's true. And then if you were in the Midwest, I enjoyed the Illinois versus Purdue game. That, that something that took it down to a wire, had your heart turning, had yeah. you pumped up to watch it. A little bit long at the end, but really enjoyed that game as I think well. Bruce Weber, however old he is, he aged like six years last night. Remember when Bruce first got that job? Like we knew Bruce from SIU, which yep. is a school he coached before that. Did a great job. Did a great job there. Had darker hair. Still had kind of a voice. Now he's all talking like this. <laughs> Come on! We're push! We're the zone! We're going to go to the zone! <laughs> and now his voice is permanently like that. It used to be just during the season. He used to smile and look like he actually enjoyed coaching. Yeah, his hair now bright white, not a dark hair among the group. Yeah. Oh, it's something to behold. Yeah. Coaching the, will do that to the you. Pressure, the pressure, you, you, those coaches, they need a psychologist. Maybe their spouse can do it for them, maybe their wife, uh, but... It's such a pressure thing. You need someone from the outside to talk you off the ledge and just remind you, hey, you are coaching Division One college basketball with a huge crowd of 15,000 people watching a game, and you're on national TV. I understand there's pressure, but damn it, enjoy it. Enjoy the experience, and I think some of those coaches, they need to hear that once in a while. You get lost in the tapes and the pressure and the recruiting. And the alumni, the pressure, the media, the pressure, the players, the game. You know, enjoy, you think, enjoy you, it. Smile you think once Gene Katie ever really enjoyed it? Like you looked at Gene Katie's face Katie. and bad hair, yeah. bad hair. Yeah. But you think he ever actually really enjoyed it? You know what, Gene Katie? I actually think yes. Really? Yeah. He he had a sense of humor. We've interviewed him a couple times on our yeah, previous radio show. One of the guys who most differs from the persona you see on TV. He was really yeah. a very good interview, very congenial guy with a great sense of humor, but you wouldn't guess that from watching the basketball games. Yeah, probably not. And then when you look at the flip side, I look at young guys, and I think that might be it. I think the older guys, mm-hmm. there was probably less media when they were coming up. So there was less scrutiny as to everything that they were doing in their program. So it was easier just to be happy coaching. You know, you deal with the alumni, you deal with the media, whatever. Now everything is, if you don't get it on an ESPN outlet, Every single conference now has their own outlets, so you're televised so much that you see every flaw over the course of a season, whereas growing up, you and I, and we're a little bit different in age, but you had your game of the week, and you, if you were lucky, once ESPN came around, you got to watch some of those games and you were exposed to them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a different animal today. Yep. I, I look at young coaches like uh, uh, Fitzgerald over in uh, Northwestern, the head coach. Football. Football. There's a guy, I don't know if he enjoys anything other than coaching. He's a guy who seems so focused on his job that I think he may burn out by the time he's 45 because mm-hmm. he's so young and so focused and so driven. Mm-hmm. Let's hope he burns out at Northwestern and doesn't jump oh, I to a so. bigger school. I can speak on behalf of that because our show is emanating from Chicago. We root for our Northwestern Wildcats, who, by the way, had a pretty big basketball game last night themselves, and they lost to Ohio State. And if you're... Uh, you know, maybe your March Madness pool, your office pool is starting early. Maybe yeah. people are getting a jump on it. A team you might want to pick, they're not going to be a one or two C, but a very dangerous animal come basketball hunting time. That's your Ohio State Buckeye as long as Evan Turner stays healthy. They are awfully good. They uh, beat the beat the Cats yesterday by 20 points. And they exposed them a little bit. The Cats have been playing extremely well in the Big Ten. Uh, but I think what happened was the Cats go to a big zone. And sometimes they go man-to-man. But whenever they go man-to-man, they were just beat yesterday with slam dunks. I mean, just taken around the back and outspeeded down to the basket and just Mm -hmm. dunked on. So, I mean, I I think at that point, they've got to be more of a team defense than they can be an individual. And I think a lot of teams are going to look at that and try to expose them the same way. Either way, though, you got to give Northwestern credit. And I think we talked a little too much Northwestern already today. But that program, from a basketball standpoint, in the last three years, 
has come around big time. And then, didn't they lose their star player before the season even started? Kevin Coble. Kevin Coble, gone. And they're still playing extremely well this season. Yep. You can just imagine what they could have done with him. Yep. And they got him back coming next year, and I think almost their entire team back next year. So uh, as good as they're playing this year, next year even better. And um, Michigan State Spartans, by the way, another team. Yeah. You watch them play. You know, Tom Izzo, you watch him coach. To me, anyways, he bothers me a little bit, a little bit too much caught up in the whole Tom Izzo thing. How can you not be when sitting right behind you, all the fans are wearing the Izzone? Right. Right? Right. Uh, so, you know, the ego is busting up a little bit, but you watch Michigan State play. I mean, they play the game the way it's supposed to be played. They're my pick right now to win the national championship. They rebound with a viciousness. Right. They fast break unbelievable off a rebound or a made basket. You score a basket, boom, boom, boom. They're getting a layup down on the other end. And the weird thing is when you hear about his recruiting, you don't hear a lot about number one guys, number two guys in the country. It seems to be a lot of guys you never heard of, including like that gigantic seven-foot European guy they had last last year. Yeah. Govan. um, Yeah, exactly. Something, something in an itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, that's just the thing. That's how he builds his teams. It's usually Sutton, not guys. Goran Sutton. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't usually hear a lot of top recruits. He just does it with guys he knows that'll fit his system, mm-hmm. and he works it every year. Last mm-hmm. year, going to the national championship. This year, I think, like you said, prime contender. Mm-hmm. All right, college basketball on the docket. A lot of other topics too. And as we head into a break, again, our phone lines open. Double B, Brian Bauer, the good-looking guy on the webcast over here, trying to put up with myself here. Eight 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 four six three six. Seven four eight. Our producer, you can't see him. That's really unfortunate, because really, that's why we need another camera. The best looking guy forget, in the whole. Forget business. about up in this corner. I mean, there should yeah. be one here facing in there. Really, for the see fe- what he's for the, up to. for the females out there. Unfortunately, he's married. Is I mean, he? Fortunately, happily married. Well, I'm two, sure. one, two wonderful. Depends wonderful how his wife kids. feels. Yeah. But for the females out there, it would certainly help our ratings. Right. If David was not married, and the camera could be on David instead. Our producer, my bodyguard, David Olson. We'll take a quick break. Talkzone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and we are back indeed two guys and a mic double b and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock we do this show every monday through friday one hour a day five days a week five in total brian it's still hard for me to fathom they allow us five hours of talk time here on the internet airwaves apparently they had one hour to kill and that's all we got 
Take it easy. <laughs> just saying. You're, you're not saying we were the number one choice. Uh, I'm just saying we're a lot like that. Uh, you know, let's see, what coaching job can we best describe it as? Mm-hmm. We're a lot like the Buffalo Bills. There were a lot of first and second coaches we wanted. They finally got to the Chan Gailey of the Chan radio world. Gailey. And they decided that finally, I, I guess we'll take this guy. You know, after you ask five, six, seven, eight other guys, yeah. and they all tell you no publicly, yeah. you go, Hey, Chan, you want a job? And Chan's like, yeah, okay, I'll come take you it. You talk about you know, and I apologize to Chan. What's his last name, Gailey? Gailey. Chan Gailey or any of the members of the Gailey fan that might be listening. But uh, you talk about a boring choice. Yeah. You talk about well, a retread. Again, Chan Gailey, you know, decent coach, nice guy, but in the sexiness factor, the excitement factor, the selling tickets factor, or winning football games factor, Chan Gailey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And that's just what it feels like. I mean, there's a couple teams out there in the Not league right now. They're just really, I mean, they're, they're running their whole programs with, hey, you want a job? And people going, no, not really. No, thank you. I mean, you know, I look at Chan Gale. I mean, from what I had heard, they had like three, four different offensive and defensive coordinators that are out there today that are supposed to be hot prospects mm-hmm. say no. They had a couple of the old school coaches that are out there, Bill Cower, you know, say, nah, Buffalo, huh? No. I mean, that's how bad things have gotten, that you go down to not your fifth choice, not mm-hmm. your sixth choice. And here's the problem. Everything is so out there that people know that all these other people have already been contacted. He's like your seventh or eighth choice. And then you go, then you look out at Oakland. They don't even know if they are going to have a coach. All they know is supposedly the coach met with the owner. The owner talked about things. And the owner is interviewing other guys, but we don't know for what position. I mean, that's how weird things have gotten in Oakland. The owner, uh, Al Davis, who's yeah, been I, around longer than uh, dirt, I think. Well, first of all, I've been an Oakland fan my whole life, which well, is a little uh, bit weird. But yeah. it's just been I mean, they, you know, painful. For our, our, some of our younger fans probably aren't even aware of the great tradition. The Oakland Raiders used to be the, the bad boys. Oh, they were great. Dominant team, hard-hitting right. team. You Often a team everybody loved to hate, but they True. were a team that uh, needed to be feared. But that was a long time ago. The 20-somethings now, the teenagers that yep. follow football, oh, yeah. they have no clue. Well, if you look at Howie Long, that nice-looking guy on Fox doing the football, mm-hmm. That guy was a monster when he played. How long? Howie Long. Oh, how? Yeah, exactly. People don't even know he played. I, I bet you a hundred guys out there don't yeah. know who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, then you look at, you, people don't remember Lyle Zeto. Later it was found out that he was a steroided freak. Well, he was the very first football player who died, really of the first athlete yeah. that brought the dangers of a steroid, and steroids were just the word, and the knowledge of it was just leaking out. He was the first guy to died because of it, and it, it, it brought some of the dangers of steroid use. He was uh, exactly. sadly the first. Yeah, exactly. But he was a wild man. You had Jim Plunkett on the offense. I mean, Don't forget that, Jack Tatum in the oh, defense. Jack back. Tatum was ridiculous, too. I mean, he'd just take your head off for fun and sport. But, I mean, that was a team I grew up enjoying. I mean, that was my AFC team. I, growing up here in Chicago, was Bears first. They were number two. What Al Davis has done to that team, I mean, he thinks he's still trying to put together a team from 1975 yeah. Yeah. where Al, we're going to take a lot of really fast guys and a bunch of old guys and throw mm-hmm. them together and see what happens. Yeah, Al has uh, he's basically lost it. He's running the team, but he has basically lost it. I heard in an interview the other day, I think they asked Al, uh, Al, if you could talk to one person, living or dead, who would it be? You know what Al Davis answered? Huh? The living one. Really? Yeah. So that's an indication that the Al definitely his better days have passed him by. Yeah, I think they really have over there. They don't know if they have a head coach. They interviewed their head yeah. coach. Well, they got a guy. He just doesn't know if he's the guy. Right. He, Al right? Davis talked Isn't to Tom Cable. Cable still Tom the coach? Cable still technically coach. Mm-hmm. However, coaches have been coming to Oakland yeah. for interviews. 
but nobody knows for what position mm-hmm. and nobody's saying. Yeah. I mean, so you got Buffalo where they've interviewed everybody and they finally settled on a guy. You got Oakland where they're interviewing people, but they already have a guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have Chicago where nobody knows who the offensive or defensive coordinator were going to be and nobody wants those positions because they mm-hmm. think Lovey Smith is just only going to be here for one year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just a complete mess out there in the NFL. And one could argue, one could argue, by the way, head coach Tom Cable thought he signed a six-year contract with Oakland. Signed uh, with a television program for six years of cable broadcast. Really? But he found out that wasn't for him. Uh, but one could argue. Yes. One could argue, and I think strongly, and I'll argue that case, that the head coach in pro football right now is more of a figurehead, a leader, yes. But when you talk the very essence of the word coach, yeah, the real coaches right now in, in pro football and in even in high-level Division One football, the real coaches are your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. They are, in fact, the head coach of the defense, the head coach of the off. When we think coaching, Brian, right. motivating players, putting in game plans, calling plays during the game, the head coach doesn't do that. The coordinators are really your head coaches. Well, it all depends. Sometimes you'll have the head coach also be a coordinator, just in case. It's usually don't, because your coordinator is so bad. And don't bring up the bear season yeah. from last year, right. please. Not even Dallas. You know, Wade, he, Wade Phillips, he decided to do the same thing. He turns around, and he was defensive coordinator for that team this year, and they saw an improvement. But normally what it is, if you look at a business standpoint, just look at it as a business model, your head coach is your CEO. He's the one who hires, he fires, he, he organizes, he's the one who's got to do the press conferences. That's your guy. Your middle management guys, the guys who are managing the individual groups, those are your offensive and defensive coordinators. Then well, you have the lower management guys who have your like individual positions. Yes and no. And I guess what I'm saying is I think our view of middle management with the coaching, I think it's changed a little bit where the coordinators have, in fact, become upper management. Well, it all depends. I mean, I think what happens the head, is, the, the, yeah, the coordinator. I think most head coaches are familiar with one side of the ball or the other. And that's the side that they're mostly involved in. I think they, they work with the others as well. But... If you look at it, the offensive and defensive coordinator put together the game plan. It's usually their playbook that's coming in. It's not the head coach's playbook. The head coach will bring in his defensive or offensive playbook if that's what he's used to, mm-hmm. and then hire coaches that will fit that scheme. But, again, it's that guy who trickles down. I, and, I, and to me, I've always said the ability to hire and fire is more important than the ability to coach as a head coach. There are head coaches out there who've always been able to find that diamond in the rough coach, that next great offensive coordinator, that next great you know position coach, and that's where they do really well. Schottenheimer was one guy, one of the guys who supposedly kept folders of every coach he ever talked to or worked with, mm-hmm. and had lo- levels of where they thought he they could coach, and he had that pre-done. Which, there's a lot of Schottenheimers. Which are you talking about, Schottenheimer Senior? Schottenheimer Senior. Okay, not good. the young guy at the Schottenheimer Jets. Junior is a prime uh, He's a coaching candidate. candidate. He, he turned on the Bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show you. Yeah. Mrs. Schottenheimer, by the way, yeah. a fairly big wig of her own. Well, I heard she she had a scouting department, There's, too. That's how she got old man uh-huh. Schottenheimer. A, yeah. couple, a couple of daughters. <laughs> There's lots of Schottenheimers. All the Schottenheimers are successful. Right. They're successful in different venues, though. But don't kid yourself. If you come across a Schottenheimer. Yeah. You might want to uh, pick their brain a little bit because there's a aura of success with the Schottenheimer family. That's because they've been able to organize their thoughts. Yeah, and we were going. If I had a third, we stopped at two. Yeah, but if we had a third child, uh, uh, yeah, I was trying to convince my wife I was going to name him Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer call. Just hopeful. Yeah, I thought it had a nice <laughs> ring to it, and uh, the success of the Schottenheimers, I thought, you know, was either Billy, right, Tommy, or Schottenheimer. Those were the final three. And you lost out, huh? 
Well, we didn't have a third kid. Yeah. I think if we would have, I think I would have won out, quite frankly. Good you stopped it, too. Yeah, I would have called him Shoddy for short. Nice. Oh, actually, there's a couple other nicknames that could have come <laughs> no. across. No. <laughs> Stop there. <laughs> 888-463-Folks, 6748. Phone lines open. Two guys at a mic here. You can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Brian, real quick before we hit the break. One other topic, and again, we're, the theme of today's show is kind of getting off the football for right. a little bit and getting into some of the other activities, college basketball, the Winter Olympics, the Australian Open. I want to bring up PGA Golf in a little bit. We're on to tournament number three, the always popular Bob Hope Classic. Unfortunately, Bob is no longer with us to enjoy it. And wasn't his house like on the actual golf course? I believe it was on the seventh green. That's what I thought. Yeah. So how weird is that? Did they, they have to play past... Yeah. His house. Is yeah, it, when you is play the, through, you actually go through the kitchen. Mrs. Is, Hope would be there. Hey, I was going to ask you: Is the widow Hope still alive? I believe which widow? How many? Bob w- Hope has got like he's got about well, twelve widows. I'm talking about the last one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, one who, the one who might possibly live in that house. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. I think that she might be there. Palm Springs, California, right. lovely place. I just think it's a creepy feel when you have like a memorial classic for a guy who's passed away. Then you have to play past yeah. his house. Yeah, it's like, it's like pay, playing past his grave. That's got to be a weird aura when you hit that hole yeah. if you know who that was. Ninety-nine years old. He lived a wonderful life. No reason to uh, shed any tears for Bob Hope. Yes, David. Uh, the the final Mrs. Hope has passed on. <laughs> really? She has. Yeah, he actually only had two wives. Really? That's it. That's it. So we're hopeless now. Wow. Ninety-nine years to what? Uh, that's one wife every forty-seven and a half years. It's not a bad average. That's really. not bad at all. <laughs> you trade up every forty. That's all right. <laughs> that is not bad at all. So we got all that on the docket. One talks in PGA golf, but real quick before the break, if I could bring one other topic. Twenty-nine days, my man. Till. The calendar, the pull-off calendars on my icebox at home. Yeah. My four favorite words in all those sports, pitchers and catchers, report. <laughs> really? Those are three, those are four of your favorite words on the docket? Uh, not really, but it sounded, it sounded good at the time. I was gonna I'm say, trying to get excited. I look out my window, there's snow everywhere, and you're trying to get me excited. Well, that, for, because after that, there's like another month of preseason baseball that's useless. I'm a big fan of exhibition baseball, and the fact that there's uh, snow outside your porch has been cold for th- two two months in a row, that's the very reason. No. That we love pitchers and catchers report. I, I don't even get excited about baseball until like a week before the season starts. Yeah. As a Cubs fan, you probably know why. I mean, in all honesty, they play like 40 <laughs> preseason games, and half those preseason games are guys you've never heard of whatsoever. You know, this year, if you're looking for a Juan Castro with the Cubs or some other guy you've never heard of, I mean, there's your excitement <laughs> level. And then you've got Ron Santo in the booth actually doing the games. And oh, you, no, he dropped the ball. Well, even worse, he doesn't know who half these guys are either. Yeah. And he's there. In the game for the L.A. Dodgers come Brad Penny. Ron, tell us a little bit about L.A. Dodger pitcher Brad Penny. Hey, he likes to work fast. You know, likes to mix it up. Does he like to keep the ball down low? Keeps down low. Keeps the ball down low. Likes to likes to hit into ground balls. And does he like to get ahead in the count? Always. Thank you, Ron. It's the same thing you said for the last 37 pitchers, but thanks, Ron. Exactly. But my favorite part is, honestly, when the Cubs bring in, it's the eighth inning or seventh inning of some game, and it doesn't make a difference. Number 98, Bob Schmidt. Bob, what do you know about Bob Schmidt, Ron? Uh, likes to keep the ball down low, likes to get ahead in the count. Yeah, he's a first baseman. Still <laughs> likes to keep the ball down low. <laughs> oh, goodness. 25, 20, uh, what did I got? 20 days, 29 days, whatever it is. February 20th. 
Mark it on your calendars, folks. You got to get excited. Pitchers and catchers report. Springtime is in the air. Cub baseball, White Sox baseball, whatever team you root for, it won't be long. I'm so excited, Brian. Yesterday for about an hour and a half, yeah. I got down to the catcher squat and gave signals to my wife. Yeah, what did your wife get back? Or did she just keep shaking them off? She shook off everyone. Every one of them? Good yeah. for her. But it was still February 20th. <laughs> you... <laughs> very, very excited. I will say, after the break, we should talk with a former great Boston Red Sox and Chicago White Speaking Sox guys catcher. Speaking squatted for a while. Oh, there's a guy who, who called signals, and he fired yesterday on mm-hmm. steroid users and Mark McGuire. Yeah, Carlton Fisk will uh, talk about those comments. and want to hear your comments on that steroid continuing controversy. Uh, our phone lines are open at 888-463-6748. It's two guys, one Mike, Double B, Coach, back in a minute. Guys and a mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And we are indeed back at the talkzone.com. Brian, you'll be happy to know during the break, our ever-growing Twitter family, uh, Layaway5, Cindy, Sizzlehunt, and White Castle Lover Ooh. have joined our Twitter family. White Castle Lover, very White nice. White Castle Lover. That's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Sizzlehot interests me. It, it kind of Cindy Sizzlehot. Yeah. Cindy Sizzlehot. Yeah. What was she asking for? I have no idea. I don't read the uh, Twitter. You know, I let one of our fine interns do that. But the the, the basic uh, theme is our Twitter family is growing. We're going to have a Twitter party one of these days. Really? For all of our tweeters or twitters or tweeners. And what is the Twitter account for those who want to join up? Uh not sure. No, I think it's Mike. What is it, Mike? Two guys. <laughs> How do you join Twitter? I mean, I, you know, I checked the account. No, no, for people who have a Twitter account who want to become your followers, okay, your I friends. Guess, what is it? Mike Two Guys at AOL.com? No, is at that Twitter. Correct? Huh? It would be at Twitter. At Twitter? Right. If they go, if they go. Well, here, you're looking at it right here. I right. If they, go to, if they go to Twitter. Okay. This is so bad. This is so <laughs> god awful. And they type in, when they say search friends, yes. Mike Two Guys. Okay. MIC number two. Right. It should, it should pop up as okay. you. And there then they can follow you. And anytime mm-hmm. you want to say things about the show, like, Who's coming on? Who? What guests we have? Yep. Uh, what co-host you're running with this week? Mm-hmm. I mean, all that pops up for yep. you. We also have a fan page on our uh, Facebook page, which is guys. I'm sorry, which is two guys, Mike. 
TwoGuysMike.com. So you can uh, join our fan page and uh, Facebook also. Okay, and again, search it out, Two Guys mm-hmm. Mike, yep. and it should pop up. Yep. I'm just going to ask you now, with the name Two Guys from One Mike, uh, Two Guys and a Mike being the name of the show, Yes. now we're televised. People have seen past the, the shroud, if you will. There's more than one Mike in here. Interesting. Now it's almost four Mikes, two guys. Interesting. <laughs> We may have to change the name of the show. How do you feel about this? I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to meet Cindy Sizzlehot at our Twitter party. <laughs> yeah. By the way, last week, Colonel you're, you're Manders. You're going to hate it when Cindy Sizzlehot is 350-pound guy yeah, named yeah, Mike. Yeah, you're, probably, <laughs> you're probably right about that. All right, real quick, before the break, we had mentioned a little baseball news off the field and what kind of baseball news isn't off the field these days. But uh, ex-White Sox, ex-Boston Red Sox, great. Hall of Famer, right? Oh, yeah. Hall of Famer Carlton Fix uh, spoke out yesterday to the press, and he spoke out with a uh, reckless abandon. You want to talk about shooting from all barrels? Woo. I mean, that guy just unloaded a Mark McGuire and the steroid users. It said he, you know, he started off with it offends guys that stay clean, but the abusers set their great great grandchildren up for the rest of their lives, money wise. He was try having your knees operated on and catching for thirty years. That's, that's the part I love. Yeah. McGuire had to stand around and play first base, so excuse me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I needed I needed steroids to overcome the injuries and everything. Right. Carl, he's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Catch, catch him for how many years? God, he says 30 years. But, again, you yeah. start when you're a kid and you right. catch for 30 years. Your yeah. knees are ripped. Up and down, every oh. pitch, up and down, and, and then you got the first ba- baseman. It's a tough position to play. First base. Yeah, but it's not, not physically. A, not Physically, no. So I thought that comparison was because uh, remember, third basemen's might you know they might tear out their shoulders, their arms. First basemen's they get to the base, they put the mid out, they catch the ball. So again, Car- you know Carlton Fisk saying, you know I, he had to stand around and play first base. So excuse, and it was great. It's not excuse me, it was the prolonged excuse me. It was like mm-hmm. the multi-use. I love that one. Quick trivia question. Who was the person who invented the excuse me? I wouldn't have a clue. See if any of our listeners got that. David Olson, you know, don't you? All right, we'll make sure 888-463-6748. Yeah, where did that first come from? All right. What TV show? What co- what comedian? Really? I just gave you a hint. It's a comedian. Okay. And then my, another line was, you don't blame people for not ratting them out. You blame the people who abused. It's not like you're taking a couple of aspirin. You know, so again, he's just going all out saying, listen, I played with pain my whole life. Mm-hmm. I busted my tail. I was the one who had to watch my career decline while you guys cheated and lasted longer because of it. And he got better numbers because of it. As mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer, as a guy who has a statue, you know, in Cellular Field, which used to be Comiskey here in Chicago for the White Sox, <clears throat> here's a guy who just teed off that he did it the right way. And all these guys got tons and tons of money because of it, mm-hmm. because of cheating. Yeah, that's a big part of it, too, the money factor. Um, I've heard a few people on various sports shows criticize Carlton Fisk. Yeah, well, now you're coming out. Yeah. And talking, you know, big with all the bravado. But, you know, where were you back in the day? Why didn't any players come out then and call out some of their teammates? Because certainly many and many of the players, as well as managers and uh, baseball executives certainly knew or were pretty sure right. players were doing steroids then. So I, you know, I don't know if that's fair criticism, but I've heard that well, a little bit. On, I wonder on... about the White Sox team that he was on, because if you remember, uh, your first baseman was Thomas, right? And Thomas was a guy who actually said he wanted drug testing in an era when nobody wanted drug testing. So he was obviously doing it clean, or at least looking like he was doing it. Clean. All I know is for those White Sox teams, if they were taking steroids... They were taking the wrong ones. Wrong ones. Yeah, I was going to say. Didn't so, I mean, help. if you look at that team, maybe that... I mean, it might be a pocket thing where you have pockets of teams that were really into it and other teams that didn't. Listen, 
you know, as a Cubs fan, you know, I looked at that team and I looked at Mark Grace, who couldn't hit the ball over the field fence if he really wanted to, and looked like he was about 180 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe a, you know a little juice in the juice would have been good for him. You know, that so. Led the major leagues in doubles, by the way, uh, as a Mark Grace. Well, and hits too for a decade. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a great. Player. But imagine if a guy like that. How many of those hits would have gone over the fence? Exactly what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, so Carlton Fiska fires out, as I said, with uh, fairly reckless abandon, not shooting from the hip, but uh, shooting from a couple of spots lower than that, and he's firing pretty much directly at Mark McGuire and all the players in that area that era that did take steroids. You got some thoughts on that? You want to? Comment on some of those controversial comments, 888-463-6748. And again, you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. The controversy won't go away, Brian, and uh, it's just more sports off the playing field, which seems to be the theme so often of professional sports these days. Well, it's even worse. I mean, now, like, everything I see reported on doesn't seem to be about the actual game itself. I mean, right now we're in season of hockey and basketball. Those should be your primary reports. However, you turn on the news for sports, and you have a lot, I mean, given the earthquake that happened in Haiti, a lot of stuff is Haiti-related. So I yes. noticed that some players or some you know sports-related, sports people who are from Haiti or have relations to Haiti, they're, they're coming front and center, well, which and is even, understandable. Even players that don't are just, right. you know, for, for sheer humanistic goodwill. It's a great point you bring up because we talk all the negatives. A right. lot of the athletes and, and uh, Hollywood entertainers that sometimes get a bad rap and stuff have come forward and they have no, no direct connection to Haitia, uh, Haiti, except, you know, we're all humans and, and you feel for the human right. suffering. They've done some wonderful things. And that part I have no problem with, but that's usually followed with uh, this coach did something illegal or this uh, this guy was taking drugs and we found out about it. We all knew Mark McGuire was taking it. We knew it for the last 20 years. I mean, you know, the fact that he just came out this year and finally admitted it, it shouldn't be that shocking that it should be reported on for this amount of time. I mean, at this point, you've just got to say, yeah, okay. It's like Barry Bonds. You know, okay, big deal. You did it. You know, I'm glad it's over. I don't want to ever put you in the Hall of Fame. That's just my thinking. Let's get it done with. But, I mean, again, I watch ESPN and SportsCenter, and it could be 20 minutes before I get to a decent highlight of something because it's 20 minutes of something injured. Of an actual game. Of an actual game. God forbid. (laughs) You know, this morning I turned it on, and and UConn's Calhoun, I guess he's physically ill, so he's going to the hospital. Then I saw a thing on a boxer who's from Haiti. He's not going to box at the end of the month now. He had a big title fight coming up. He said, no, he's got to go help his people. Then there's steroids, and then there was Carlton Fisk ripping at him. So I got literally 15 minutes into it, and all I wanted to see was the Blackhawk Senators highlights. I mean, that's all I was really waiting for. Didn't get to that at all. Had to go online because it just takes Mm -hmm. that long nowadays. By the way, if you're looking for highlights for that game, you had to be a uh, fan of Ottawa. Uh, yeah, really. Four to one. Our first place Blackhawks. Folks, we don't have much to brag about here in the city of Chicago, but our very own Chicago Blackhawks, the Indian head, doing very well this year. Best record in hockey, maybe second best, but uh, they took a looking from the chicken last night well, in Ottawa, Canada. They're, they're tied for most points with San Jose Sharks, 72. Yep. I mean, they're, they're playing extremely well. They've got a road trip now because I think Disney on Ice is in Chicago. They yep. kicked them out. They've got something like seven games in like a two-week span. It's ridiculous. So they're going to be tired. I mean, they just played the Red Wings to mm-hmm. an overtime win the other day in a shootout. On Sunday, which was game of the week. By the way, that was a fantastic game to watch. Yeah. You're bound to have one or two clunkers along the way. Team captain Jonathan Taves, by the way, reportedly staying home. He will be part of the Disney on Ice and skip the Blackhawks two week road. Really? Trip. What character is he playing? I believe the Swan. Really? Yeah. I thought he was more goofy than anything else. But you know, you do what you got to do. <laughs> the NHL and Disney are trying to connect. So you know, the Hawks basically. Nice. 
rented out Jonathan Taze for a couple of weeks. And a lot of these players are not going to get a break. I think there are something like six Blackhawks who are going to the Olympics. Olympics. So a lot of these guys can rest up, but there will be a lot of core players who are going to still be tired when this is all said and done. Yeah, we opened up the show talking about, uh, you know, and again, theme of today's show. We're jumping off the NFL football look tomorrow, and I know, Brian, you'll be in tomorrow and Friday, right? Exactly. It's unbelievable. Uh, Three days in a row. That's a first, I think, for any host here on the Two Guys in a Mic show, but we'll start to get into (laughs) some Setting the bar awfully low. We can't even do three days in a row. (laughs) Well, you know, we're trying. The big dog, Joel Radwanski, trying to figure out his schedules, like trying to uh, cipher my way through sophomore chemistry class. I was, in both situations, thoroughly confused with no answer. Well, with Joel, it's a day-by-day event. Yes, yeah, but yeah. but it's nice to have you in for three consecutive days. Tomorrow, we'll talk some football and start you know checking on the matchups. But t- today, we're taking a little break, a little break from uh, pro football championship games, talking about some of the other sports we haven't got to. And we did open up the show talking about the Winter Olympics and your wonderful diatribe about the luge and the bobsled. Yes. Is it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, one figure other... Figure skating. There's huh? always figure skating if you're a big Olympic person. Yeah, well, they the, had the... The women uh, love the figure skating. This past weekend up in uh, Spokane, Washington. Dave, I don't know if we had any reporters for the talk zone up in Spokane covering that championship. Notice he just smiles. I think Dave is listening to another show right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure looking he at is. Me like, I think it's safe <laughs> to say, based on the gesture I got from Dave, the answer is no. Really? That's why we don't have the camera facing uh, into Dave's eyes. Exactly. Office. A simple <laughs> no would have sufficed. The look you know? of disdain on a yeah. regular basis and some of the hand signals would yeah. really get us in trouble. with The FCC doesn't care about the Internet, do they? I think he just nah, said so we're number it. one. Do whatever we got to sure. do. All right. But yeah. the bottom line is they had last weekend, Brian, while you were all immersed in your San Diego Charger, New York Jet, was. Uh, uh, Indianapolis Colt, Baltimore Raven, love Not you so miss. Much. You missed the U.S. Figure Skating Championship, the best of the best, battling to see who would represent us in the Winter Olympics. It was in Spokane, Washington, and you, my friend, missed it. And let me just say that uh, Jeremy Abbott is your men's number one representative. Really? Johnny Weir will also be there. Why don't you break down to Jeremy Abbott? What does he like to do? Well, <laughs> Jeremy Abbott, uh, you know, the triple axle he does with these. Really? He was, I think, seated number four or five coming into it, but he won first place. How was his spins? Huh? How are his spins? You know, a little overrated, quite really? frankly. Okay. Yeah. Good <laughs> elevation, but I don't see the tightness of the spin. For my money, yeah. Johnny Weir is the guy to watch. Johnny Weir. Yeah, for is outfits alone. Is he a golfer? <laughs> <laughs> what about creativity? You How are his points for creativity? Huh? You don't know who Johnny Weir is? Who's Johnny Weir? Come on, man. From the, the, the last Winter Olympics. I, He's the, um, well, you know, really? some people could make the joke that he could be, that he was entered in both the male and female competition. <laughs> But I think he even makes it. He kind of kids about it. I, I, yeah, sorry. I, when figure skating comes on, my wife watches. Mm-hmm. I, that is my least favorite of the Olympic sports. I can care you less. Know what? Once I, every yeah. four years, I watch it. I just can't. Once I, every I have four tried. Years. I put my effort into it. My uh-huh. mother was a big fan, so I'd watch when we only had the one TV when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. My wife's a big fan. I'll sit down for a few minutes. But i got to be honest, there's so many other sports in the Winter Olympics that really I could watch something else. I caught my uh, 13-year-old, so 14 now, 14-year-old son playing, what is it, the Wi-Fi game? What's the, what's the, Wii? the re- Wii? The Wii, yeah. Wi-Fi, no, Wii. I'm Wii, what's Wii, Wii, Wii. Wii, Wii. Uh, Wii. Playing the Wii, Wii figure skating game. Oi. And I caught him doing a double axle in the basement all by himself. I think you got to take that kid and yeah. show him the basketball I, figure skating game. I went game. upstairs. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to bother him at a private time. <laughs> do they have the, 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 is it a Winter Olympics version of the Wii? I believe they do. Because if so, Wii, do Wii, they have. In French, the answer to that would be Wii Wii. Do they have curling? Because I'll no. buy that game just for curling. I don't think they have weak curling. <laughs> and how lazy do you have to be to curl at home? <laughs> how about the Wii Lose? What do you do? You sit in your You lay on that little, like, you know, they got the little the balance board. You lay on that, and you got to shift side to side. Get it going. I like it. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. What's this world coming to? I have no clue. Yeah. A bunch of kids that are fat because they play video games and don't go outside. Yeah, sad yeah. but true. Sad hey, I was watching the NFL true. play 60. That's the NFL's big. Let's get kids outside to play. Okay. Play 60. Play 60 minutes. That's what they're trying to get them to do. Play 60 minutes outside. When we were, young, I haven't seen this ad campaign. NFL play. It's called 60. NFL play sixty, and players are basically trying to teach kids that they should play at least sixty minutes outside. Oh, okay. And play sports I, I and like play games, message. and yeah. and doesn't matter if it's tag, doesn't matter if it's anything, just go outside it's and good. play for sixty minutes. Good message. How bad is it that that message has to be put out? That is sad. Okay, I'm in my 30s. I remember as a kid, we ran home, yeah. threw the bag in the corner, yep. met at the park, and we didn't play 60. You know, we played like 360. We waited for the parents to yell at us to come back in because it was dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how we acted. You know, now it just seems so weird that kids need to be told to go outside for 60 minutes. There are absolutely, there are some games that uh, have stood the test of time, be it uh, capture the flag. Yep. Kids still love playing capture the flag. If yeah. you kick them out from the basement, and get them away from the video game, they will go outside and they'll play some version of Capture the Flag. That's one of those games that I think our grandkids, our grandkids' grandkids will, will be playing. Uh, kick the Can. I never played a Kick Another the Can. Another very, very popular game. And, of course, uh, you could always invite your neighborhood over and get a little outdoor Red Rover, Red Rover, Red Rover. Well, you know, for the Red younger, Rover, Red Rover, let Johnny come For on. the young kids, you get the red light, green light. I remember that. Oh, I remember yeah. freeze tag or tag or whatever you want to call Solid it at that game, point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you only had two guys and you were into baseball, mm-hmm. you know, you had pinners. You had a couple other games that you could play. I mean, there was there stuff out there. Yeah. But I don't think these kids know what it is anymore. If it's get not on a Wii play. game, they don't know what it is. Just play. Play. Get outside play and six. play. There you go. Forget about play 60. Play I haven't with, seen those commercials. That's, that's part of my problem. Play 120. I, huh? Play 120 is what I say. You know what? I'll start with 60. Once they get to 60, we can work our way up. Okay. Yeah. Right now it's about play two. You know, when I have kids, I'm just going to lock them outside with the dog. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. Good. Just don't kill yourselves. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I may have to send you over to my house and try to get my kids outside. All right. 888-463-6748. Our phone number is thetalkzone.com. Two guys at a mic show every Monday through Friday talking a lot of sports. We're skipping the NFL stuff for today. Winter Olympics on the docket. By the way, uh, the... You know, we mentioned baseball pitchers and catchers report. Carlton Fisk, very controversial Love comments. Love Carlton Fisk. Uh, Brian, him. I don't know if you attended the always popular Cub convention. No. At the Hilton Towers this weekend. If you missed it, though, the White Sox had their convention at the Palmer House Hilton. Always exciting. Well, like the, the winter baseball fan convention. Palmer House, a very nice brunch on Sundays. Very, yes. Very good. I like that yep. one. <laughs> very expensive. Yeah. But uh, very nice. Very nice. The whole... Convention thing is kind of lost on me. I don't really get the. I'm not. Maybe I'm just not that big of a. I don't know how to put this nicely. A nerd. I love the sport and I love my team. And I've been a Cubs fan since '84. I want to say. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, I'm not even probably since '80. But you have never woken up with a tremendous desire to attend a Cubs. I, I don't want to jam myself into a hotel with thousands of other people to hear the owner of the Cubs tell us it's going to be a great year. The manager of the Cubs tell us it's going to be a great year. Players come out and tell us what a great year it's going to be. Get a couple of autographs and go home. If I want to be lied to, you know, I'll go call my friends and tell them that, you know, hey, hey, how do I look? Do I look fat? No, no, you look good. You look good. Let's have a beer. You know, so again, it just seems odd to me, the whole convention feeling. I know there's a lot of like you know collectors mm-hmm. who want to go there and get autographs, but the rest okay. of it just seems strange to me. I'm going to put you down as a no for yeah. our White Sox convention. And now the Blackhawks are doing that because John yeah. McDonough, who's yeah. now in charge of the Blackhawks, used yeah. to be in charge of the Cubs. Commit to so the he Indians. brought it over. And the Bears, do they do an annual convention now? They did, but I don't think anybody showed up. Yeah, well, you know. No, just kidding. The Bears. You can only sit through so much of Lovey yeah. going, yeah, Rex is our quarterback. We are very excited about the 2010-11 season. 
we are going to stress with our team this year motivation, excitement, playing with intensity, and great team spirit. We get off the bus running. Running. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't understand. I don't know if other cities have conventions, but it just seems weird to me. To me, it seems like a giant pep rally for three days. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I liked about pep rallies when I was a kid is I was out of class. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time I was standing up there with the rest of the team going, really? I'm not sure I'm motivated. Well, I think those <laughs> giant pep rallies are going to continue because those giant pep rallies yeah. make money. Well, I course. believe it is a it's nice little cash flow for the Chicago Cubs. the thousands of dollars in yeah. tickets. The hotel gets money for all these people staying there. Mm-hmm. The Cubs get a cut of the hotel people who stay there. Mm-hmm. That's what I found out later on. Without the White Sox convention, Brian, White Sox fans might not uh, be able to afford a Carlos Silva as their number five pitcher this year. And Andrew Jones coming in this yeah, which, year. Is, you... is, this, is this the Andrew Jones of Atlanta Brave fam? Yeah. When did be, we pick him be. up? This year, he was a free agent. I, I must have been out of town. No, don't worry, you didn't miss much. We picked up a Juan Pierre as well. That Juan Pierre, I'm well aware of. I must He's have getting, been out of town. This team about 10 years ago would have been fantastic. <laughs> now, I'm not so sure. <laughs> J.J. Putz. How do you feel about a J.J. Putz being on the team? Not bad. He's a Putz. Mark Tian coming over in the trade. Yeah. How do you feel about a Mark Tian coming from Kansas City? Here's how sad things are now. Usually, you look at a team's starting lineup yeah. like in January. Right. And you get excited. Yeah. Right? Every every lineup looks, you know, well, we could be pretty good this year. I actually read, what do they got, the White Sox lineup? There? Yeah, they got it right here. You In ready? today's paper, and I read that. Well, go ahead and read it real here, quick. Here, I'll read it. Possible lineup. Uh, first, left fielder, Juan Pierre. Woo! How old's Juan Pierre? 47. All right. Second, second baseman, Gordon Beckham. He actually excites me. Young kid, really good. I like I him. I think he's 15 years old. Right fielder, Carlos Quentin. Old. Yes. Not. I mean, he's like 30. One years old, but his legs like are 42. 55. Okay. Yep. Here, talk about old and slow. First base, Paul Canerco. Woohoo! Paul Canerco. I thought he retired. Then you follow. No, he's still around. Love Third Paul base, Mark Tian. Who? Exactly. Came from Kansas City. Nobody knows who he is. Designated hitter, <laughs> Andrew Jones or Mark Katze. Yikes. Exactly. It's not exactly. Um, we're not scaring future opponents just yet, but I'll bet our number seven, eight, and nine are awesome. Your number eight, that was your seven. Your oh. number eight, AJ Persinski. AJ! I like AJ. They have a glutted catcher. They have a, they have He's a very good, but after watching AJ for the last eight years, I'm ready for the Tyler Flowers era to begin. And then your ninth guy, shortstop Alexei Ramirez, your rotations, Jake Peavy, Mark Burley, Gavin oh, that's, Floyd, that's, John Danks, and Freddie Garcia. See, now the rotation. That's where you're getting your stuff. Rotation yeah. is very, very good. And then your late bullpen is a lovely J.J. Putz. That's not bad. A Thornton and a Bobby Jones. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. So basically what they're thinking is we're going to have a lot of pitching. Yes. And hopefully some of these old guys hit yeah. enough that we win. Yeah, the error. Yeah. <laughs> the everyday batting lineup, not that good, but uh, the pitching, pitching, very, very good. Again, February 20, folks, if you're keeping track at home, pitchers and catchers report baseball season, not that far away. By the way, while we were sleeping and while we were following Tiger Woods' escapades, let us end the show. And again, to a the sexual feet. clinic, by the way. Huh? He's going to a sex clinic. Sex addiction yeah. clinic, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get the name of that place. I'm trying to get into it. Huh? No, sorry, go ahead. I, I sent my application <laughs> and they turned me down. Um... <laughs> Oh, the theme of today's show, we're yeah. getting off football, covering some sports that we haven't touched on of late. Real quick before we finish the show, PGA Golf, third tournament of the season. Last week, I think they were in Honolulu, Hawaii for the Sony Open. Ryan Palmer, yeah, the fine 33-year-old Texan, he won that one. But the Bob Hope Classic yes. opens this weekend. Uh, Brian, I don't know what your excitement factor is, but PGA Golf. It's right there for you, Palm Springs, California. It's so weird that golf and tennis have started up again. And again, I look out my window and there's snow. So yep. I, I get, I don't get warmed up to golf till I can actually golf myself. Mm-hmm. So you're probably looking at about another month or two 
before I can even think about it. I'll probably start hitting the range in about a month. And then there's that whole tiger factor. What's going to happen with him? John Daly trying to get him back in shape. Did you see he's got a... Oh, didn't even recognize him. He's Not only that, but he's now going to get a show on the Golf Channel that's following him around and talk, him talking about his demons. He He's so interesting and out of the box mm-hmm. that I like him. And, uh, you know, last year I became a fan of Rocco Mediate, so I'm starting to follow him a little bit as well. I'm mm-hmm. not there yet. I usually watch the final round for about an hour or so. Okay. Now, you know, as it gets closer to springtime, that's when I'm going to start getting more into it. I found myself uh, with a strange attraction about halfway through last season with uh, great Northwestern slash British golfer Luke Donald. Fired his brother as his cat. Yes. How weird is that? How about that? How's that family dinner going to happen around nice. Christmas time now? Nice to see you following. Yeah, shows up golfers. and all of a sudden, yeah. hey, a brother, I, I believe you canned me from my job. Thank you, you <laughs> giant ass. Uh, to be correct about it, I believe it was a mutual split. Well, that's what they say. Yeah. That's like when somebody fires me and tells me, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I think we both know we're going the other way. No, we don't. You fired me. I'm yeah. out. All right. Well, yeah. we'll follow all those stories. The Bob Hope Classic, unfortunately... Bob Hope will not be there to enjoy it, but it's one of the great tournaments. And uh, let us not forget the 98th running of the Australian Open, ongoing as we speak in the land, down under. Yeah, I'm. You know what? We got to start 98. watching. It's unbelievable. That's a great tradition. They love their tennis down there. Apparently, they have mm-hmm. before that one. They have two other events in Australia to lead up to the Australian Open. Yep. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievably exciting. Uh, we got to wrap up today's unbelievably exciting show. Eh. Brian Bauer, your first show on the webcast. Uh, please, no obscene gestures, but maybe a nice, friendly wave goodbye to all those female fans that are watching. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow, 10 o'clock Central Time. It's two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. <laughs>